0: Praise God. Thank you. He deserves to be praised um, and the praise only can come to our lips, has to come through our heart, but it has to pass the lips before it gets to God. Amen. And we are here to worship his name. The worship group. Thank you. I don't know if you hear me. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the drums. Maybe it's the guitars, but the worship today was um, uplifting. Thank you. Um, I will be uh, speaking today on the topic of friendship, um, but more on the topic of love. And David um, already <laughs> opened the topic for me. Thank you, David. Uh, it's it's we have not talked with David. We had not planned. He was reading some of the passages that I'm going to be reading. Um, I believe it's the Holy Spirit is leading us into this path because I was initially thinking about, about a different topic but I was led uh, to this particular topic uh, to speak on um, the words of Jesus but I have called you friends. I loved your example um, about the chargers, you know, so to, to love uh, a, your neighbor is to share your charger. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's very practical. Uh, So don't be hoarding those chargers anymore. Uh, They're not that expensive. Anyways, but um, so this morning on the walk, um, on the morning walk with my wife, we, I feel like this uh, is limiting me, my movement on the stage. (laughs) I'm just going to move it a little bit. Um, So I think that uh, on the morning walk, uh, on our morning walk this morning, we were coming back and we stumbled across a turtle. It was a real turtle, a big one. And right away, um, uh, Natasha's like, you know, this is not a, just a, it- it's not like a lagushka, um, you know, like a, like a um, you can tell that it was a pet, you know. It was somebody's turtle that like ran away. Because we don't have turtles just living, you know, in Washington. At least I have not uh, ran across uh, many of those. So this one was like right on the side of the road. So we were, you know, kind of afraid that it's going to get run over. Um, And so I was the one who was supposed to move it somewhere. I don't like reptiles, okay? I'll just be honest. Um, Not afraid of them, but it's just just don't like them. So I was trying to be careful, you know, to grab it uh, by the sides, and as soon as I grabbed it, it was kicking and screaming. I mean, it wasn't screaming, but it was kicking, and it tried to spray me with some kind of water. I guess it's a reflex, you know, defense mechanism. But um, I safely got it onto the shore, I mean, onto the grass area, and um, we didn't know what to do. So we were Just left it there in the shade so it doesn't get, you know, cooked in the shell there. And uh, so we were continuing walking and then we saw a neighbor. We talked to the neighbor about it. And she's like, oh, you know what? I saw this lady from the houses behind our neighborhood. She was walking around yesterday and looking for something. Maybe it's hers. Uh, Maybe you should take it to her house. I'm like, no, you know, no, we're not going to mess around with the turtle, it'll, you know, find its way or she'll find it. She's like, no, let's go. Let's go and talk to her. We're like, okay, we'll, we'll go with you. So we went <clears throat> and knocked on this woman's door. Total random, you know, strangers come into your front door. It's like, um, did you lost the turtle? Um, <laughs> do you guys get that often? Um, so the lady is like, oh, yes, I did. His name is Tobias. Do you know what Tobias mean? We're like, um, well, it must be a biblical name, right? It, it sounds very familiar. Yeah, well, it's the name. And she started going off. But yeah, this is my turtle and so on and so forth. So we, uh, we went and showed her where we left the turtle. It already ran away um, a few um, 10 feet or something. But um, she was so happy to see it. She grabbed it. She has a huge pond in front of her house, and there's another pond across the street. So the turtle, I guess, travels you know, from one pond to another, and this day, it wanted to explore the world, and it got away from the pond, basically. Uh, the moral of this message is, I'm glad you made it to the church pond today, and you didn't get lost anywhere, <laughs> okay? A lot of people got lost today. They, they went to the lake or somewhere else, But you made it here, praise God, that's a praise report, um, because I was not looking to preach to the empty auditorium, okay, so thank you for being here. Um, The topic today uh, for my sermon is, uh, but I have called you friends, but before I do that, I want to do a short little introduction. The importance of being in the body of Christ, the importance of the community, You know, interestingly enough, and uh, not surprisingly, I guess, but um, maybe it's a surprise for you, but God created you and I to be in the community. God did not intend for you as a believer, as a follower of Christ, to be alone. Initially, God created a man, and he said, it is not for a man to be what? It is not good for a man, sisters should know this passage, to be alone, thank you, to be alone, somebody knows their Bible, um, so it is not good for a man, meaning man, woman, mankind, for a person to be alone. So God intended people to live in the community with each other, right? Makes sense, right? Um But then in Christ, when we were redeemed, when we were reborn in Christ, Jesus did not mean for us to be alone. Um, He said that we are all one body. Different members, different functions, but we are one body. We're not a body on its own, so you're not... An eye or a leg on its own. That doesn't happen. When did you last see a leg walking on a road by itself? I have not seen that. I have not experienced that. That would be pretty bad. Um, On a serious note, God created us to be in the membership, in the community, and uh, in a church, in the body. It can be a huge church like this. It can be a small church of two, three people. But God created us and intended for us to be in a body. There's no such thing as me and Jesus walk, spiritual walk. That's not what God intended to have. There is, there's no uh, self-centered love. There's no such thing as just me and God And I don't need anyone else. I'm going to cancel everyone else. So God placed us in the church, in the community, for a good reason. So we could serve each other. And we can all say amen. Amen. And it requires um, a certain level of transparency. To be served and to serve somebody, it requires a certain level of of openness, vulnerability. If we all show up to church and put on this holy face that everything is good in my life and I don't have any problems, guess what? No one can serve you and no one can help you, even God himself. Because he intended for us to be served in the church by the people like you and I. He intended for you and I to be rebuked, to be instructed, to be encouraged and uplifted by the people like you and I. The hands and feet of Jesus are people like you and I. So unless you are willing and you have a desire to be healed, to be helped, to be ministered to, to grow in Christ if you don't have that desire, you just don't show up to church or you show up and you pretend like everything is cool. But the, a healthy body, a healthy organism works in such a way that the stronger members help the weaker members. And if my, I'm stronger today, if I'm in a place where I can minister to someone today, God is working in my life and preparing me to minister to someone. But it requires you, that other person, to be open enough to come out and say, hey, I really need to talk. I would like to talk. I would like to pray together for God to help me through this and this and that. That's why there is confessions. There is scary word. Uh, that's why there is Just simple prayers that we have right here after the service. Uh, But my message is don't be, don't pretend like everything is cool. Because that doesn't help you, that doesn't help me. Um, And eventually, or God's intention is for us to grow together as one body. Amen? Amen. So the topic for my sermon today is, but I have called you friends. And this is based on chapter 15, Max, thank you for reading, uh, chapter 15 for us, verse 12, 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So the commandment of Jesus is love. Here is the uh, passage that I will be, um, we will be together looking at today, and We're not going to read it, or let's read it together. Uh, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Bible, John chapter 15, verse 12 through 17. And so here is... uh, Jesus talking about um, love and he gives us a commandment. A commandment is something that um, I guess my clicker doesn't work so if somebody um, can help me there uh, would be great. Jesus talks about in the context of chap- ch- chapter 15 he talks about fruit and really quickly about the context of this chapter. So, everything that Jesus is talking about, he is saying that, okay, my father, I am the vine. I am this plant that everyone in the world, every Christian, grows on. Okay? So, Jesus is this beautiful plant, and everyone is attached to the trunk of that plant. And he said, my father is actually the gardener who walks around, who checks every branch in me on this plant and looks. At the branch and says, okay, this branch is starting to bring a little fruit, a little small fruit. It's still little, but it's growing. Okay, the next branch. Next branch, all leaves, beautiful, no fruit. Let's cut it off. Throw it away, it's gonna burn eventually. He goes around, he checks. Okay, this branch started to bear fruit. It's very small, very little. Okay, let's clean it up. Some things in on this branch. Um, are, are, are preventing this little branch to bear enough or big enough or good enough fruit. So he prunes it, he cleans it so that the sap is not distributed to all kinds of different things, destructions, but it actually goes straight to the fruit. That's what the gardener does. Okay? So he cleans those branches so they bear more fruit. That's what chapter 15 talks about. God the Father, as the gardener, ultimate gardener, Jesus, this beautiful plant, and we are planted on this plant, bringing the fruit, okay? So the chop, uh, uh, this is the context. And here is, in verse 12, Jesus explains or shows what the fruit is, what the actual fruit is. And unfortunately for, you know, some of us, or um He doesn't talk about fruit um, as going to the choir or singing in the choir. I didn't find that in there. He doesn't talk about uh, the fruit as attending regularly to church. I did not find um, other ministries uh, in there either. But what I found in chapter 15, verse 12 through 17, this I command you that you love one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So the fruit that we bring for the glory of God is what? Is my love that is shown in the service, in the love toward another person. So the fruit that God desires to see in my life, in your life, is love towards another person. So this is the context of John 15, and this is what Jesus, uh, if we can have next slide, I would appreciate it. And here's what Jesus says. Uh, Jesus says that if you, um, oh, he brings the example of Friendship. He brings the example of friendship, and he says that greater love has no one than this than one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Interestingly enough that he brings an example of friendship um, on the table. And I know a thing or two about friendship because I've been burned in friendships. And I uh, personally know what friendship is on my personal experience. And if you have friends? Wow. A lot of loners here. Okay, some of you, thank you, thank you. Some people have friends, okay. Um, No wonder you guys are spread out like that, you know. Um, We need, we have some work to do here. Uh, Small groups, you know, things like that. Uh, So, friendship, Uh, we all have friends, we all had friends at some point, we all do have friends currently. Um, I'm gonna tell you quickly, because of the lack of time, but uh, a story, my personal story that I had a friend um, that I went to Sunday school with. Um, I was kind of a shy kid. I was stuttering. I, I, I was not very fluent in, in speaking. He was very quick. He was talkative. He was able to communicate well with people. He was popular. Um, and um, he was cool. You know, He had bad friends. And he was you know, just a cool guy, so I was very much drawn to this, to his personality, right, Uh, my mom would uh, warn me and say, hey, you know, he's got some, you know, not good friends, he's hanging out with those people, Um, our families were friends, uh, but, you know, be careful with this guy, Um, but I was like, mom, you know, he's cool, he's a good guy, you know, we're going to the same Sunday school, okay, so we're good, um, for a while, uh, we were friends for a long time. Uh, but I God started showing me, started showing me some things. I believe that eventually it kind of clicked in my head. The first thing that I've uh, that happened was at the camp. It was uh, my first, probably first youth camp. Um, we were uh, playing a game. The game was something along the lines of trusting God. Um, And we're we're supposed to be blindfolded, and your friend is supposed to lead you by the hand through this woods, you know, and get you safely somewhere. Um, The practice of trusting someone, right? So uh, he, uh, we were like, I teamed up with my friend, of course, and he's like, okay, let's blindfold you, and I'm going to lead you. Sure. You know, I trusted him, so I get blindfolded, and we started walking, and we're walking fast, all of a sudden, I feel where I hit something um, pretty hard. Uh, I take off the blindfold and I ran into a light post, like straight into a light post. And I'm looking at you know my friend, I'm like, dude, what's going on? And he's laughing. Oh, this was just a joke, ha ha ha. And it was not funny at all to me, you know. Um, Because the friendship is really tested in small things. You don't allow such things to happen in your friendship such like this. When a person is fully trusting you, now I'm talking about real life, and you just jokingly put your friend uh, down in front of other people, or you um, put him in a situation where, where um, where his trust in you is compromised, Friends, real, true friends never do that. They actually have the back of their friends and they do everything possible to keep the trust between each other. So this was just the first glimpse. I didn't think much of it. Um, you know, just, just a little bruise here, but um, as life progressed and I had more and more encounters, situations Um, in dealings with with this friend, he threw me under the bus several times in worse ways for other people. And I've realized, started realizing, you know, Lord, you're teaching me something. You're showing me something here. Something is not right. So my friend, this friend that I trusted and I thought this was like, we're going to be like this, you know, Forever this friendship disappeared. I had many other friends and friendships that turned out to be not so trustworthy. The only friend that sticked around um, is, if you can go to the next slide and then to the next, was um, Jesus. He proved to be my best friend and he stayed there even when I messed up. You know, I messed up a lot in my life, and often, and I still do. And I still fail him, often. And he still would not leave me. He still would have my back, even when I am not faithful to him. He remains faithful to me. I don't know about your friends, um, how faithful they are but I know one friend that will always be faithful. And so I don't worry about him being faithful to me. He keeps his promise. And here's what he says. He calls us, you and I, his disciples. He calls us friends. You know, friendship is defined um, by the uh, dictionary or Wikipedia. I don't know if you can trust Wikipedia, but uh, in most cases, right? Uh, friendship is a relationship of mutual affection between people. It is a stronger, fo- it is the strongest, stronger form of interpersonal bond than an acquaintance or an association, such as classmate, neighbor, coworker, or colleague. Basically, friendship is a very, very strong bond between two people. People that trust each other. Uh, the friendship of Christ. He says he he actually says you know I don't call you servants that was a most more popular term in the, in the time you know where you have a higher authority master and a servant he says I don't call you servants even though I am greater than you are I call you friends we're 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 on the friendship level you know why because I have told you everything see No longer do I call you slaves, for the slaves do not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. I told you the plan that I have for salvation, for people, for you, from beginning to the end. I told you everything. There's nothing that I'm hiding. And I'm going away, but I'm coming back for you. And I want you to trust me. So Jesus told us everything. He laid down the relationship. He said, I am your friend, and I desire to keep that relationship. But there is one but, but there is one uh, condition of the friendship. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Okay, Jesus, what it is? I want to be your friend. What do you command me? What do I need to do? And so Jesus says the following, that you love one another as I have loved you. And he says that the strongest love is when someone gives their life for a friend. This is the kind of love that we have seen from him. He laid his life for you and I. So if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, if he is not your friend today, this is the day to do it. This is the time. This is the only way to enter the relationship is to accept his friendship, accept his sacrifice, and say, Lord, I desire to be to you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I desire to be your friend. I desire to do your will. But f- to his disciples, he says that um, you. Love one another as I have loved you. And so how do we show love? the next slide, how quick can you and I practically love as someone today? at school, at home, at church? Love is not always a warm feeling. It is more often a choice that we make. So love is not always a feeling that you feel to someone. I don't always feel, have to feel something to love another person, to serve another person. Sometimes it's against my feelings, as my wife likes to say it, I love you, but I don't like you at the moment (laughs) because I messed up. (laughs) She always loves me, but she cannot like me at the moment because I've done something. Uh, But she makes sure she tells me that she loves me but, uh, you know, and, and we still keep the promises that we made to each other, even though we might not like each other at the moment because, you know, of so and such and such actions. Uh, maybe people in the church, maybe people around you have wronged you. You might not like them, but we're supposed to love them because Christ loved us. First, not when we were cute and pretty and puff and, and white and snowy and and all you know nice and blameless. No, he loved us when we were nasty, when we were filthy in this life's sin in the world. That's when he loved us. Not when we are in church with beautiful hair, with nice smiles, you know. He loves us even when we mess up at home when nobody sees us. He loved us even before we called out to him for help. He loved us and he desired us then. So his commandment or his, his commandment, yeah, it's a commandment. He says, love one another just like I loved you. That's a tough commandment to fulfill. And uh, really quickly, a couple of things that are prerequisite for bringing that kind of fruit, the fruit of love. Those are, uh, number one is to be purified. That's on the next slide, is to be purified. By the blood of Christ, we cannot bring a good fruit unless we are purified. We are purified by the blood of Jesus, and our minds are transformed by reading and listening to God's word, the Bible. The Holy Spirit and our consciousness working together tell us when we are wrong, prompting us to repent of our sin. Number two is when we we have to abide. We abide in Jesus to bring fruit. It is not Jesus and me when we bring fruit. It, It is not Jesus plus me to bring fruit. It is Abide in me and I in you. Is when I abide in Jesus, in him, inside of him. And when he abides, lives in me. And so how do I abide in Jesus? I call on his name and I say, Lord, become my friend, become my savior. I desire to abide in you. It is nothing that you can do. You can only accept Him as your Savior. But for him, for him to abide in me, for me to abide in Him, it's abide in His Word. To abide in the vine is to abide in His Word, to spend time uh, with Him, Emotionally, to share your emotions with him. Um, when I wake up, when I lay down, says David, you are around me. You surround me. You're before me. You're behind me. You think about him. You think about him. You make him a priority. Two days ago, I was in a field. Um, uh, we were out on the field uh, playing playing ball, and um, it was a it was a it was actually a Muslim holiday. There was a lot of Muslims, so I, I ended up playing, you know, in this circle of men, uh, all Muslim men from Afghanistan. And I see that they're leaving, and they're going, and, and they're kneeling, and they're praying in the corner. I'm like, man, they're praying to God, like in the middle of this park, you know, in the middle of, like, they don't care. People are having fun, eating. They're just separating. They're walking to the side, and they're praying. You know, I mean, you know, like I have this, you know, this, I'm like, Lord, why your children, Christians, don't break away from the, you know, the, 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 the joy or the, the happiness of the, of the moment when you're in the party, when there's fun. And get in the room, close the door and just cry out to, Lord, to the Lord and say, Lord, you are my true joy. This is nothing. This is vanity. This is going to go away tomorrow. I'm not going to remember about this. But your joy, the fellowship, the abiding in you, this is what brings me true joy. And that's the heart that God is seeking. That's the relationship that God is looking for. Is when we sacrifice something that is so dear in the moment that we can enjoy, where we pour this out before the Lord and say, Lord, for your glory, I dedicate this time of my life, my youth. When everyone else is, is doing stuff, is, is spending their youth on, on stuff, on unfaithful things, watching things and, and relationships and this and that, I want to dedicate my youth to you, Lord. I want to dedicate my life, the hours, the months, the years that you gave me to serve you, to love my neighbor lord accept it as a pleasant sacrifice to you so jesus calls us my friends to a relationship of friendship relationship of friendship and this relationship um is serving god equals serving people serving god is serving people there's no way around it i want to show you before we close i want to show you um A short video. And I want to make a call. This happened in Seattle. Um, Thank you, sisters, for making it possible. This happened in Seattle. A lot of you probably have seen this video, it went viral in, in the Slavic community, other communities. This is a street preacher in Seattle in the middle of the abortion protest. And they ripped the Bible out of his hand and started, um, I bet this is not from the beginning, but uh, if you can scroll back, uh, and they started, um, you know, throwing the Bible and kicking the Bible on the floor, um, and the Bible ended up in a toilet. Um, I, on purpose, did not ask them not to turn on the sound because it's pretty disturbing. Um, thank you. You can, you can stop right there. Uh, this is a pro-abortion, uh, pro-row um, kind of walk or protest. And I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he... <sighs> what happened? The fact is that people took the Bible, threw it under the floor, And they showed no, not only no respect, they they wanted to show how despised they are, how much they dislike and hate the Word of God. The reason I'm telling you this is because I want to tell you something else and uh, challenge you. We're called not only to love our friends, it's easy to love people that we, you know, that's lovable, that we like. It is very, very hard to love people that hate you, that persecute you, that don't want nothing to do with you. Um, it's really difficult to love those people. But the only thing and the main thing we can do is to pray for those people. You know the, the reality is that the wrath of God is is coming upon Seattle because of the the filthy stuff, because of the laws. Because of the continual violation of God's will for the marriage, for, for, um, for the life that he gives, for everything. People worship idols. People worship Satan here in Seattle. Worship temples of Satan. And so on and so forth. But we as a church are placed here in Tacoma. Other churches around this area, for a reason. Not so we enjoy this A-seed air and um, you know have these gatherings and worship nights and so on and so forth, but that we be the salt and the light for this world. That we pray for our cities, that God would have mercy and give repentance to our cities. Awake in Seattle did uh, this challenge. Uh, if we can show the last slide on this PowerPoint. Um, <clears throat> Spirit 105.3 picked it up as well, and you some of you may be heard of it. Some of you may have signed up already. I am signed up to the prayer challenge. It's a 100-day prayer for Seattle, for Washington, Pacific Northwest. Um, and you can get a daily reminder to pray, and they give a specific need what to pray about. If we can switch to the last slide in this PowerPoint, Just continue scrolling right there. If we can uh, maybe blow it up a little bit uh, bigger so uh, people can see it. I don't know if it's possible. But um, would you sign up? Would you join this list of people that pray for their city, that pray for our city? All you have to do is you have to text pray to 89419. And I'd encourage you to do it right now. Uh, text pray to that number eight nine four one nine to get uh, to sign up for this the reminders um, daily reminders uh, to pray about a specific need uh, in your city. Um, my dear friends, my time is up. We're gonna be going to I gather and having some time. I will call the worship group up here. We're gonna be praying and worshiping uh, the Lord. <clears throat> My brother and my sister, I am more and more convinced of this. Is that a lot of people, a lot of people will show up at the door of heaven. And they will be amazed why they're not allowed into the kingdom of heaven. Because all their life, they were going to church. And all their life, they were quote-unquote, faithful visitors of the churches. But they were gossipers, slanders. They loved filthy movies. They enjoyed things that God hates. They were silent when there was sin. They did not love their neighbor. They did not love the neighbor enough to tell them about Jesus Christ. To pray about them. For them to be saved. Maybe you can't do a lot. Maybe you don't have the courage to tell somebody at work. At your school. Friends that you play basketball with. About Christ. Maybe you don't have the boldness to do that. Start praying about them. Start praying about those people by name. Ask God to send people. And to bring revival to your workplace, to our schools, to our colleges, to our churches. Would you take on that burden? Would you pray for people, for your pastor, for your youth leaders? So there is revival in the church. So God would send those workers into the fields. Because He is powerful. The gospel. Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because why? It is the power for salvation. For the Jew and for the Gentile. For the holy and for the unholy. There is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ to save people today. Amen. That's my message. Let's pray for people.